Welcome to the Wittenberg Hour. Martin Luther said in his letter to the mayors and aldermen of the cities of Germany in behalf of Christian schools, it is no wonder that the devil meddles in this matter, this matter being education, and influences groveling hearts to neglect the children and the youth of the country. Who can blame him for it? He is the prince and god of this world, and with extreme displeasure sees the gospel destroy his nurseries of vice, the monasteries and priesthood, in which he corrupts the young beyond measure, a work upon which his mind is especially bent. Yet no one thinks of this dreadful purpose of the devil, which is being worked out so quietly that it escapes observation, and soon the evil will be so far advanced that we can do nothing to prevent it. People fear the Turks, wars and floods, for in such matters they can see what is injurious or beneficial. But what the devil has in mind, no one sees or fears. Yet where would we give a florin to defend ourselves against the Turks? We should give a hundred florins to protect us against ignorance. Even if only one boy could be taught to be a truly Christian man, for the good such a man can accomplish is beyond all computation. Hello and welcome to the Wittenberg Hour, where we explore big questions and discuss that which endures by means of that which has endured that scholars may endure. My name is Jocelyn Benson, and I serve as head teacher of Wittenberg Academy. Why is Lutheran education important? Why is Lutheran education worth the investment? I recently had the privilege of traveling to Iowa to address the Williamsburg Zone LWML rally. Following is that presentation. Well, while Pastor Price is handing uh, those out, uh, my husband is going to be handing out uh, a couple of things uh, regarding Wittenberg Academy. a brochure that's just kind of a, a summary. If anyone is interested in taking more brochures, I have extras. Our table is out here, and no one can have too many bookmarks. Uh, so you also have a bookmark, and I have extra bookmarks as well uh, in case you're like me and you usually have six books going at the same time. Uh, so, uh, good morning. Uh, thank you so much for having us. Uh, as Pastor Price said, I'm Jocelyn Benson, and I have the privilege of serving as head teacher of Wittenberg Academy. Has anyone heard of Wittenberg Academy? Okay, a few folks. Wittenberg Academy is a completely online Lutheran school. So when I grew up, I grew up down the road from here, okay, a, a ways down the road, uh, on the other side of the river, uh, over in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Do you guys know where Fort Dodge is? Okay, uh, usually, usually it's big enough that people know where Fort Dodge is. That's where I grew up. Uh, I went to Lutheran school, uh, preschool through eighth grade, and then there wasn't a Lutheran high school, uh, so I went to public high school, and then I moved east, uh, to the east coast of Iowa. Uh, <laughs> so long, long journey. Um, that was before uh, Highway 20 was all the way through. So it really was a journey to get from home to college. I went to the University of Northern Iowa. Uh, I graduated twice 
from the University of Northern Iowa, and then I did all of my PhD work at uh, the University of Iowa. I did not finish my PhD, um, but maybe, Lord willing, someday somewhere. Um, but I am very thankful um, for the investment that my parents and my church family made in my formative years to send me to Lutheran school. The things that I learned there, the scripture passages that I memorized, the catechism that I memorized, not, not just in Sunday school, but also in day school, sticks with me even now today. Those formative years are so important. And this isn't something that's just a checklist. That if we make this list of things that our children memorize and learn, then, we're, okay, we're, we're done. We made it. We got it, right? You Think about the, the passages that Pastor Price and Pastor Berg brought to our attention this morning. This is life, right? Education is life. And it's not just something that we do, you know, from... You know, Pastor Price said nine to five. Um, I, I've always been a teacher, uh, so so I think eight to three. Right? Those that's those those are the hours. Um, but no, this is life. It is when we rise up and when we lie down and we when when we lo- walk along the way and when we sit down. And when do we most commonly sit down? We sit down when we eat. And if we don't sit down when we eat, we really should. uh, Because number one, it's more healthy. uh, And number two, that means that we're being relational. And we know who we are through relationships. And really, when it comes down to it, when it, when we boil education down, When we boil education down, what we're doing for our children as we form them is that we are teaching them how to relate to one another. One of my favorite parts of the catechism, I love the whole catechism, but one of my favorite parts of the catechism is the table of duties. And a lot of times when I say the table of duties, people are like, huh? But the table of duties is that part of the catechism. If you look it up in your hymnal, Um, It has uh, just a bunch of scripture passages. And I really like the Bible. I'm a really big fan of the Bible. And so if, if, if God said it, then I should probably know it. Um, and I should probably love it because it came from our Heavenly Father. So God's word teaches us how to relate not only, right, when we think about the Ten Commandments, we think about the first table that teaches us how to relate to God, right? God is protecting his relationship with us in those, in the first three commandments, right? I mean, in all the commandments, but in the first three commandments, our relationship with him. And then in the second table, he's teaching us and protecting the relationships that he's given to us with one another, right? Families, like don't kill people, uh, protect marriage, all of these sorts of things. Um, Don't want things that aren't yours. So in relationship, we live. We know who we are through relationship. Think of a child, right? Who, who is a child? A child is either a son or a daughter, and he knows that because his parents teach him that, right? And mothers and fathers relate to each other. Husbands and wives relate to each other. And all of this comes from 
when we rise up and when we lie down and when we walk by the way and when we sit, we know who we are through relationship, but we don't know that inherently. We must be taught. We don't come out of the womb going, oh, I know who I am and how I should live. Here we go. No. This is why God places children in families and he gives us pastors and he gives us governing authorities to protect us, to care for us, to teach us so that we know who we are. And you think about all of the different things that we need to know to know who we are. And God provides for all of those. But we have to remember that education is not something that is just, if we take a child and we just rub his head like a magic lamp, eventually all this knowledge will just come bubbling out, right? No. He has to be taught. And it matters not just what he is taught. You know, Pastor Preuss and Pastor Berg um, brought forward for us some of the things that are being taught. Pastor Preuss highlighted some things that are really evil that are being taught to children today. It matters not just what they are taught, but also how they are taught. And an education that is going to, as pastors have have mentioned today that are going to keep our children steadfast and persisting in the truth and going to church on Sunday is is going to be an education that looks different than an education that is going to teach your children to be pagans right and essentially it 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 really sounds harsh But when it comes down to it, that's part of what we're dealing with. Do we, what is our end game? Our end game is heaven. And if we don't have that, if we don't have that as our essential goal. Now, certainly we want to, remember I said it was all about relationship. And it's not just about our relationship with God. It's also about our relationship with our neighbor. We are teaching our children to love God, but we are also teaching our children to serve their neighbor, to be a good neighbor, and to live in all of the relationships that God has given us. And so we do that by giving them good things. We do that by giving them rich, enduring things that have stood the test of time. We know that God's word is our great heritage, right? We sang that this morning. God's word is our great heritage and shall be ours forever. And as we live in God's word, and as we live out God's word, we serve our neighbor in all of our various vocations, whether that be as husband, wife, father, mother, hearer of the word, pastor, governing authority, 
master or boss, as we like to say today, or as, as worker. These are all honorable vocations that God has given as gifts that we, as we live out the Great Commission, equip our children to live. When our children are born, we don't know what vocations they will have, but we equip them for those vocations because we know that they are gifts from God that he will give them so that they can live in relationship with one another. It is heartbreaking, isn't it, that so many of our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren never darken the door of the churches in which they were baptized. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? And I would submit to you today that education, that living out that rising up, teaching them diligently when you rise up, when you lie down, when you walk by the way, when you sit, that that diligent teaching, children will be taught. They absorb. They don't need to be taught how to sin, right? That comes very naturally. (laughs) But they need to be taught how to live in relationship with their neighbor And as we are doing that, what we teach them matters. Why we teach them matters. And we have to make hard decisions in our world today. Are we going to teach them as the pagans do? Or are we going to teach them to be Christians? And if we're going to teach them to be Christians, we should probably teach them in a Christian way. Right? So as we teach our children to live out the vocations that they have, and we have as our goal heaven, what we teach them is going to be different than what is being taught, perhaps, down the road. Pastor Berg brought up history. Do we teach history just so we don't mess up and do the bad things again? No, we teach history because we're human, right? We're human and we're part of something bigger, right? I, I remember when my niece was a freshman, she went to uh, public school and I was teaching Uh, I teach Paideia uh, 1, which is ancient history and ancient literature. All the really old guys, they're the most dead guys that that we teach, right? So they've been to the longest. Um, And they're awesome! They're awesome. We're we're in the middle of the Iliad right now uh, in my class, and it's fantastic. Um, Just all of the things. We can talk about that later. But so my my niece was, was studying world history. And so I thought, oh! I bet, I bet we're reading some of the same things. And so I, I said to my niece, uh, what, what are you learning? And she said, well, we're studying ourselves. <laughs> and I said, oh, like, uh, like in, in the course of history, like where you are in history. 
And she said, well, no, we've been studying ourselves and, and then we're going to write a paper about ourselves. And I said to myself, this is why our children have no concept of who they are. They can study themselves until they are blue in the face and they won't know who they are because they aren't studying themselves in relationship. And we today are, are so blessed because we can look so far back and we can see what has happened. We can see that when, when man obliterates the commands that God has given to protect the relationships that he's given us, we can look through thousands of years of history and see that the result is always the same. It's really bad to take your neighbor's wife. Really bad. And bad things happen. Maybe not right now, but they will. And it's really bad to want something that's not yours. And it's really bad to kill someone in general, always. And if, if all we do is ever look at ourselves and our own experiences, we have no idea who we are. Because we don't know ourselves unto ourselves. We know who we are because of the relationships that God has given us. And history teaches us that. And it's consistent that God's law, the gift of the law that he has given us, always remains the same. Regardless of how we try to break it. And we're really creative in breaking God's law, right? But it's, it's always the same. The result is always the same. And, and... Our need for a savior is always the same. But if we only study ourselves and we try to learn about ourselves so that we can save ourselves, why do you think there's so much anxiety and depression? Why do you think these young people are languishing? It's because they are being asked to be their own savior. They are islands unto themselves. And it is discouraging. And so at Wittenberg Academy, at Luther Classical College, we step outside of that. We tell children and young people, you are a sinner. And guess what? Sinners need a savior. And sinners, all of us being sinners, we still have to live in relationship with one another. So let's try to do the best we can. And we'll say we're sorry, and we will plead forgiveness. But we'll give our children things that have endured, that have stood the test of time. So we teach them history, and we teach them the great works of literature. You know, those things that everyone used to read prior to the 90s, when we decided that young adult literature was more important than the Iliad. Um, we can talk about that some other time too. But these things that have stood the test of time that united generations, right? We always, we all used to be able to quote the catechism and quote scripture. And now we quote movie lines, right? And I don't know about you, but I don't watch that many movies. So when people quote movie lines, I'm like, oh, Okay. And that doesn't unite people, does it? 
No, it separates us into generations and does not give us something that is common and enduring like God's word and things that have stood the test of time. So we give children the enduring things. We teach them math. We teach them science. We teach them that God has given us a beautiful ordered creation that we have dominion over because God loves us and he wants us to care for and tend his creation and he wants to provide for us. So we teach our children all of these enduring things. Why? Heaven. Because our children are eternal. They will either spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. And I don't know about you. I'm going to make an assumption. But I think we all want to see our children with us in heaven. And if we want to see our children in heaven, then they need to know they're sinners. They need to know the world doesn't revolve around them. We need to give them things that have stood the test of time, that are enduring, that connect them with something bigger than themselves so they don't think that it all depends on them and they will be discouraged. That if they mess up, everything is going to fall apart. No, we live in relationship with one another. We truly are in this together because God has given us this opportunity to live together. If you guys could pull out your hymnals, hymn 655. There's so many hymns that we should commit to memory, right? So many hymns uh, that are fantastic. Um, This is one... This is one of those ones that you should have in your heart. And sometimes we plead this hymn, and sometimes we rejoice with this hymn. It's kind of the hymn for all seasons, right? As we think about teaching our children and making difficult decisions in terms of we... As we are forming our, as our children are being formed as parents and grandparents that have been given the great commission to teach our children that they might endure until life eternal, this is our prayer, right? Education, Christian education is not a checklist and it's not something that we do even for us educators from eight to three, right? It is life. Education is life. And it starts, it starts, we as Lutherans get this better than anyone else. A Lutheran education starts at conception. The Preuss baby heard us singing and hears as we confess our faith, hears as we pray the the prayer that our Lord taught us. We Lutherans get that better than anyone. And it doesn't start 
and, and it doesn't end before a child is born, right? It starts at conception and continues until death. A Lutheran education is lifelong. And we understand this because that's what God's word tells us. And so what we teach our children and how we teach our children matters. And not just in preschool, but also in first grade and sixth grade and 13th grade and 47th grade and 101st grade. It matters all our life through. We never stop learning. We always need that which endures. Because God has made us enduring. reading for episode 66 is an essay by Richard M. Weaver from the book Visions of Order, the Cultural Crisis of Our Time. And it comes to us in chapter seven. And the title of that chapter is Gnostics of Education. Weaver begins this chapter thus, more than any other nation, the United States has chosen to look upon its schools at all levels as means of education rather than mere instruction. The difference is an important one, since education means not merely the imparting of information to the mind, but the shaping of the mind and of the personality. Instruction may be limited to the transmission of facts and principles it is desirable to know as a body of knowledge. But education is unavoidably a training for a way of life. Education comprises instruction, of course, but it goes beyond instruction to a point that makes it intimately related with the preservation of a culture. Under normal conditions, the points of view that an educator instills are the points of view of the culture, and actually nothing else is possible as a settled thing because an education and a culture working at cross purposes can only produce a conflict which has to be resolved. A conflict of this kind of serious proportions has developed in our country with the ascension to, influ to influence of the quote-unquote progressive theory of education. Now, we have to remember that Richard Weaver was writing in the 1950s, right? And so you think about the impact of his words on our ears today, considering our context. And I know every time I bring forward for you uh, an essay uh, from Richard M. Weaver that I always 
say like a broken record, this is so relevant to our times today because it is, it's, it's hard to read Richard M. Weaver and not think he's writing about our day today. I would commend this essay, uh, this book, Visions of Order, The Cultural Crisis of Our Time. Uh, it's published by ISI Books. Um, Gnostics of Education is chapter seven. And you will read this and go, oh man. Uh, you know, in, in so far as once again, it really seems like Weaver, uh, while he was commenting on his time, on the context in which he lived, uh, that he was almost prophetic in terms of his, his ability to comment on our times. So pick this up, Gnostics of Education from Visions of Order, The Cultural Crisis of Our Time, Richard M. Weaver. You won't regret it. repeating for episode 66 is actually two words. Uh, one is education. The other is instruction. And instead of looking at how these words have changed, uh, we're going to look at what Webster's 1828 dictionary says about each of these words, because it really brings forward and gives us something to ponder in terms of what Richard M. Weaver was talking about in his essay, at the beginning of his essay, uh, Gnostics of Education, uh, in terms of the distinction between education and instruction. So Webster in his 1828 dictionary uh, says this about instruction. Instruction is the act of teaching or informing the understanding in that of which was before ignorant or information. So instruction is information. Definition two, precepts conveying knowledge. And he quotes Proverbs 8 verse 10, receive my instruction and not silver. And finally, uh, definition three of instruction is direction, order, command, or mandate. The minister received instructions from his sovereign to demand a categorical answer. So Weaver focuses on definition one, the act of teaching or informing the understanding in that of which it was before ignorant. So just that act of conveying information, right? Education on the other hand, and, and this definition from Webster really brings to light and highlights and confirms for us what Weaver was talking about in the portion of his essay that I read. And he expounds on this further as the essay goes on. So again, I can't commend that essay to you enough. So education, according to Webster's 1828, 1828 dictionary is the bringing up as of a child in instruction. 
formation of manners. Education comprehends all that series of instruction and discipline which is intended to enlighten the understanding, correct the temper, and form the manners and habits of youth, and fit them for usefulness in their future stations. To give children a good education in manners, arts, and science is important. To give them a religious education is indispensable, and an immense responsibility rests on parents and guardians who neglect these duties. That is so important. In terms of how we view education and in affirming for us that education is not neutral. Education is, it, it comprehends, just to repeat what Webster said, it comprehends all that series of instruction and discipline which is intended to enlighten the understanding, correct the temper, and form the manners and habits of youth and fit them for usefulness in their future stations. So when we talk about the education that we are giving scholars at Wittenberg Academy, we are truly embracing this definition. We understand and we know that we aren't just conveying information but that education is formation. And because our scholars endure, we need to give them enduring things so that they might endure unto life eternal. Education isn't just information, it is formation. Thank you for joining us today for the Wittenberg Hour. Be sure to subscribe to the Wittenberg Hour so as to not miss an episode. If you would like to learn more about Wittenberg Academy, please visit our website at wittenbergacademy.org. You can like and follow Wittenberg Academy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next time on the Wittenberg Hour.